These are the words of Revelation 21.1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them, and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. That's our future. That's us. That's a picture of who we are and where we're headed. That's how we anchor our hope in Jesus Christ, right? He is making all things new. I considered this week one of these old C.S. Lewis books I love entitled The Screwtape Letters. And in that book, at one point, the author suggests that uh, the demons are talking to each other, strategizing on how to trip up Christians. And the question at hand is, should the demons reveal to the Christians that they exist or that they're at work? And I've always believed that every once in a while, Satan and his minions go too far and make the mistake of letting us see a little too much of what they're doing. You see, as long as I think my current state of affairs is simply explained away by my fatigue or an illness or poor choices or unfortunate circumstances, well, in those cases, I just have to make the best of it and soldier on. But when I suspect that I'm being tempted by the adversary or that I'm under attack by an enemy, well, then I know exactly what to do. We've been given specific strategies for dealing with the enemy. We resist. We fight back. We send Satan away and we call on the power of God for the freedom that is ours in Christ Jesus. And I've come to the suspicion this week, maybe not just this week, that we're under a very specific kind of attack in these days. This is what I think. I don't think we're under attack from a virus. I think the virus is just one factor among many that has led us to a place where we are susceptible to a specific attack of our enemy. We're all fighting against illness and fatigue in ourselves and society. We're all dealing with the divisions and brokenness of our society. We're all dealing with the expectations of others and the influence of others in our lives. And all of this is simply the starting point to cause many folks to begin to despair. We start to think, are things ever going to change? Are things ever going to get better? Is there any reason to hope that we're ever going to get through all of this? That's the nature of despair. A loss of hope that saps energy, the energy I need to thrive today. And it makes it harder to look forward with joy to tomorrow. But friends, despair is an attack of our enemy. He's stealing our joy. 
He is distracting our attention. He's keeping us from moving forward, from trusting him to provide what we need for the days ahead. Last Sunday night, as I was sitting here with, from fo- with some folks in our community prayer meeting, I felt like the Lord brought to my mind, well, the organizational pattern of the book of Revelations. If you read the book, if you read the book of Revelation, you will notice that things get worse and worse for humanity as time proceeds. And every time that things get worse, our attention is shifted to praise and worship. Read Revelation 4, which follows the bad news about most of the churches. This is what it says. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. And then you go on to Revelation 7, 9. And just after we're told that peace has been removed from the earth, things shift to these words. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And then the scene shifts again. Revelation eleven fifteen, following just after more chaos is described. And, and the chaos is getting worse and more miserable, unendurable. And then the seventh angel sounds his trumpet. And there were loud voices in heaven which said, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah. And he will reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who were seated on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshiped God saying, we give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was, because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. If you read the opening words of chapter 12, it says there are diabolical portents. That can't be good, right? which immediately give way to these words, now have come the salvation and power of the kingdom of our God. Things continue to get worse after that. Revelation 15.3, great and amazing are your deeds, and then things get worse again, and you are just, O Holy One, all the way to chapter 19. Finally, hallelujah, salvation and glory and power to our God. Praise our God, all you servants who fear him, both great and small. Hallelujah, for the Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. Do you understand what John is telling us by this structure? When things look dismal, when we are tempted to despair, that temptation to despair, which is an attack of our enemy, when we can't find enough strength for tomorrow, Rejoice based on what you know rather than despairing because of what you feel. That's what he's telling us. And this morning, we're going to exercise our worship and rejoicing muscles. You notice there's two microphones at the front of the auditorium. We will sing, and then I will invite you to share positive 
uplifting scriptures that cause us to rejoice and trust and hope in God. I'm going to encourage you to limit yourself to one scripture, but you're welcome to say a sentence or two to explain how it helps you stay focused on the goodness of God and your hope in Christ. Now, if you are too shy to read your scripture in front of the congregation, you're welcome to deputize anybody sitting next to you or near you and give them the reference that you would like read and ask them to come up and read it for you. I encourage you to participate for this reason. You already know the scripture that says, in season and out of season, if anyone asks you to give the reason for the hope that is in you, you're to be prepared to do so. And so this morning, I'm asking. I'm asking for the reason, for the hope that lies within you. What is the foundation of your hope? How do you worship and rejoice in God when things are hard? Will you share that with us? Let me make one observation before we sing a song designed to give you a moment to consider what you're going to read. And this is the observation. If our enemy can cause us to despair, what is the hope for the world? Every time we take the sacrament of communion, I pray a very specific prayer that is practically the same every time. And it is that in this sacrament, may we become the body of Christ for the world. The church of Jesus Christ is to reflect the light of Christ to the world. And if we are despairing, we are not reflecting the glory or light of Christ. And so we must resist our enemy. We must say to Satan, behind me. And we must choose to focus on our Savior and anchor our hope in him. So I'm hoping this exercise this morning will help us do that, to reject any piece of despair or discouragement, and to share our testimony with one another through the scripture of what God's doing for us. My plan is this. We'll do four or five scriptures, and we'll sing a song. We'll do four or five scriptures, and we'll sing a song, and we'll see how we go. Okay? You can tell this service is not in anybody's control but the Holy Spirit's. Zephaniah 3.17 The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Isaiah 41.9b and 10 I have chosen you and have not rejected you, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. First Corinthians 13.4 Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. Mark 11:24 Therefore I tell you whatever you ask for in prayer believe that you have received it and it will be yours Don't believe that it might be coming it will be coming believe that you have received it 
And Isaiah 65, 24 says, before they call, I have answered. While they were still speaking, I will hear. So God is listening. He's waiting for you to pray and to ask him, and the answer's already on the way. Well, first I would like to say everybody's going to have to forgive me because I can't quite remember the uh, who wrote the scripture, but I remember the conversation, and I can quote Jesus uh, verbatim. He was talking to the disciples, and he was. they asked him because they were confused why he was speaking in parables all the time. And he said, um, my words are spirit and they are life. And I have that on my wall. And that's enough for me right there. This is in Romans 8.31. If God is for us, who can be against us? Since he did not spare his own son, but he gave him up for us. Won't he also give us everything else? I don't have the reference either, but he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm a piece of work, but he's working on me. Thanks, Dave. That was one I was considering <laughs> sharing, too. Um, and I want to say, um, I, I love these kind of services. I'm writing down your names and your verses, and I'm going to mark them in my Bible to know this is your verse. And when I read my Bible and I come to Zephaniah 3.17, I think of Jamie and praise God for him and pray for you and take encouragement in that verse, too. And this was a really fun exercise going through all my favorite scriptures that have encouraged me. I thought for sure I was going to read something from the Psalms. But the one I think my go-to and my, my longest, oldest section of scripture that encourages me is 2 Corinthians 4 and 5. I'm not reading it all. Reading parts of it. And this is from the message. So this is the part of the scripture where he says we have these treasures in jars of clay and um, you know, we're hard-pressed but not crushed. This is the, how the message says it. If you only look at us, you might miss, you might well miss the brightness. We carry this precious, precious message around in unadorned clay pots and ordinary lives. That's to prevent anyone from confusing God's comparable power from God, from God's incomparable power with us. As it is, there's not much chance of that, of that. You know for yourselves that we're not much to look at. We've been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we're not, I'm sorry, I so can't see, but we're not demoralized. We're not sure what to do, but we know that God knows what to do. We've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down, but we haven't been broken. What they did to Jesus, they do to us. Trial and torture, mockery and murder. But what Jesus did among them, he does in us. He lives. 
And then I'm skipping to verse 16 in chapter 4. So we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside it often looks like things are falling apart on us, on the inside where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. There's more here than meets the eye. Things we see now, I'm sorry, things we see may, things we see now here today are gone tomorrow, but things we can't see will last forever. Chapter 5, for instance, we know that when these bodies of ours are taken down like tents and folded away, they will re be replaced by resurrection bodies in heaven. God made, not handmade, and we'll never have to relocate our tents again. Sometimes we can hardly wait to move, so we cry out in frustration. Compared to what's coming, living conditions around here seem like a stopover in an unfurnished shack, and we're tired of it. We've been given a glimpse of the real thing, our true home, our resurrection bodies. The Spirit of God whets our appetite by giving us a taste of what's ahead. He puts a little of heaven in our hearts so that we'll never settle for less. That's why we live with such good cheer. And I wish this was more true of me. You won't see us drooping our heads or dragging our feet. Cramped conditions here don't get us down. They only remind us of the spacious living conditions ahead. It's what we trust in but don't yet see that keeps us going. Do you suppose a few ruts in the road or rocks in the path are going to stop us? When the time comes, we'll be plenty ready to exchange exile for homecoming, but neither exile nor homecoming is the main thing. Cheerfully pleasing God, that's what we aim to do, regardless of our conditions. Praise be to God. Psalm 34, verses 1 through 9. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called, and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. We have this in our house in a few places. It's uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You know that our lives have had twists and turns that we would not have expected or known about, but they're in his hands, and he knows what he's doing. Good morning, church. Um, so I have one for my wife as well. She wanted me to read 
Um, but the verse that I chose was uh, uh, two from Philippians 4, uh, verse 6 and 7. <clears throat> and he says in the uh, uh, King James, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And I think uh, what always strikes me about that passage is uh, just the first couple words. He says, uh, to be careful, which I think on the spectrum of human emotion between uh, being fearful and out and out terror, I think careful is more on the uh, shallow end. And so he, he's just telling us, you know, don't even take it so far as to fear or to be in terror or uh, hopelessness, like Pastor said, but uh, don't even be careful for anything. And that always just stuck out to me. Um, and Nellie's, uh, my wife Nellie, sorry. <laughs> you need an extra set of hands there. <laughs> um, or one of those little uh, yeah, podiums you got there. <laughs> uh, hers is Psalms 37, verse 25. And it's, uh, I have been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen, uh, have I not seen the righteous for, I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. This particular verse, um, God gave to me specifically about nine and a half years ago. And he, it was specific to me because he knows my personality. I'm a doer. Uh, I'm a worker. I, I see things that need to be changed. I'm willing to, to work and help make that happen. And yet he spoke something super contrary to that to me. He said in Psalm 27, verse 14, wait for me, he said, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Wait. Um, you most, most of you know that we've been through a bunch in our family in the last six months. And, um, I'm still dealing with some physical stuff. So this is just a really good reminder. Um, it's several verses from Psalm 56. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? You number my wanderings. You put my tears into your bottle. Are they not in your book? When I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. This I know, because God is for me. In God, I will praise his word. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? I will render praises to you, for you have delivered my soul from death.
Um, I'll be reading from uh, James chapter 1, uh, starting with verse 2. Consider, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. Still working on the mature. Not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. Um, just a quick thing. When when I was in trucking, um, I was a steel hauler, and um, there wasn't much work out there. And uh, I came home from probably out on the road for two weeks, and uh, we had received a letter saying that they were going to probably take our house from us. So I went down, and I... I was scared to death. And I just said, God, you got to help me get through this. And the officer that I spoke with at the bank told me that um, you got to communicate where you're at in life. If, we, if I hadn't gone down to speak with him, they would have taken my home. So letting God know what you need and letting others know what you need is a real humbling experience for me because I'm not all that. God is all that. And I'm very thankful for him, for my wife, and Pastor, thank you for letting us all share today. Um, John chapter 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. A verse that's been meaningful to me, especially through this COVID time, is uh, James 4, 7 and 8. Says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double minded. If there was ever a wake up call for me spiritually, it was through COVID. Realizing not to put my trust in man, but in God, and how much I was putting my trust in man. There's repenting to do, confessing asking God to forgive me. There's been different verses, passages through this time. But where he says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. I found myself talking to him. I felt like the Lord saying, what are you talking for? Resist him, period. And he'll flee from you. 
And as I began to put into practice what the Word says, how easy it was. I didn't have to entertain all these voices, all these thoughts of the enemy. And so I'm thankful that His Word is true, that He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And each day it's a new lesson, and I praise Him for His victory. I'm going to drag my feet for just one second in case there's someone else who wants to share. Well, I feel like if my mother-in-law were here, May Victoria Whitney, she would want me to share her favorites. Psalm 68:19. Praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior, who daily bears our burden. And another scripture that brought her great joy, she had this memorized, uh, Psalm 100, on your, oh, I'm going to read it, in, not in the message, Psalm 100, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth, worship the Lord with gladness, come before him with joyful songs, know that the Lord is good, it is he who made us, and we are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Amen. I don't like waiting to speak, but I have uh, Romans 8, 28. Uh, and we know all things work together for those who have been called according to his purpose. Um, that's been on my mind a lot. And for whatever reason, God's got this, folks, right? I mean, I'm just, uh, we're just, we've just been leaning on him through all of this. I'm just happy that I can still, like, go for a walk and see the goodness of the Lord and, and his beauty in my family and everything around me, you know, it, it is pretty disparaging at times with COVID, but um, I'm just happy that there are still God's goodnesses all around us. We can still be thankful for something. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Gracious Jesus, um, we are so grateful to be your children today, to stand in the company of the saints and to hear your word proclaimed to hear the truth of your word verified by the witness of our testimony. Lord, we know that you're working all things out. We know that you've prepared a place for us. We know that you will hear our prayers and answer our prayers. We know that you daily bear our burdens. We know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so, Lord, we worship you and we praise you and we honor you. Lord, you are all that we can imagine and so much more, and we are so grateful today. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the truth of your word and the invitation you give us to stand upon these truths, these great and precious promises. Lord, help us today to pray the prayer you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. 
Would you stand to receive the benediction? May the joy of the Lord be your strength. May your hope in Christ soar to the heavens. And may the glory of the Lord shine on your faces this day and always. Amen.